This is a temporary placeholder title sequence for Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. Thank you for listening to Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. First announcement, uh, but this episode is brought to you by you. Uh, that That's right, chances are if you're listening to this, you helped pay for this episode. Uh, so a huge, from the bottom of my heart, thank you uh, to Michelle, Samsara, Rick, Bachelor, Katerina, Von Pimbleset, Jasha, and Brad. You're all angels. Thank you so much. Uh, if you didn't know, Wamtat has a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Wamtat. Uh, check us out. I'm hoping to make it a fun space with little behind-the-scenes rewards and bonus stuff and a whole bunch of good stuff. Uh, so that's patreon.com slash whamtat for all your giving me money needs. Thank you again, all of you. You're amazing people. Uh, and now on with the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Whamtat. I am your host, Waffles, and of course Whamtat, of course, is a show that is talking about native New Zealand species. Uh, it's a very special time of year as we are, of course, talking about the New Zealand Bird of the Year Awards. Voting has opened for this year's uh, bird of the Year, and uh, of course don't let the name fool you. If you're not a New Zealand bird, you can still vote in the awards. It's just you've got to be voting for one of the New Zealand birds. Uh, and so as such, a lot of people were like, well, you know, I would like to be able to vote in this competition, but who are the birds? Uh, what's, what birds should I be voting for? And so in order to inspire you uh, for what qualities we in New Zealand are looking for in our Bird of the Year, I'm going to go through some of the past winners just so you can get a sense of what birds have captured the New Zealand imagination and what birds really uh, encapsulate New Zealand bird nests. And not nest. We're not talking about birds, bird nests. We're talking about birdness, as, as in, you know, the essential quality of what it is to be a New Zealand bird. And now, before any of you get really, really sexist and be like, call that Jacinda, or oh, she's a nice New Zealand bird, we're not going to, none of that, right? We're not being sexist. We're talking about birds, as in the avian creatures, little, little feathery folk. Right, that's what we're talking about in terms of New Zealand birds, and take all that sexist nonsense, and uh, you know, vote for New Zealand's sexiest uh, politician. Now, of course, that is also a very prestigious award, but I'm not going to, you know, weigh into that as it is far too politically charged for this podcast. Which, of course, to reiterate, is all about New Zealand wildlife. Whamtat, the New Zealand wildlife show. Right? I, 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 why am I explaining this to you, the listener? You've, of course, come here because you're like, oh, yes, Whamtat Waffles is going to be talking about some cool New Zealand creature. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, less waffling on, as it, as it were. And let's, let's get to some past winners. Uh, so, of course, as most of you all know, the New Zealand Bird of the Year, and we've been doing this podcast since... 2005. For anybody who's listening, you're new to the show and be like, oh, I wonder how old Whamtat is. We were first actually created by the government. New Zealand government gave us a grant and they were like, yo, uh, waffles and mates, go out. Uh, we're doing this new thing called the New Zealand Bird of the Year Award. Uh, and But we want to get people excited about it. And so, of course, we went all the way back to 2005. Uh, we were talking about, you know, what was a New Zealand bird? Because people hadn't heard, like, like, oh, New Zealand. Isn't that that country that has, like, uh, you know, glowworms and, and tuatara, uh, you, you know, and fur seals and bats? You know, people were surprisingly unaware back then that New Zealand even had birds. And which is, of course, part of why they were creating the New Zealand Bird of the Year Award to actually advertise, hey, New Zealand birds exist. And here are some of them that you can vote for. And so, of course, going back all the way back to 2005, uh, where, of course, the winner, uh, of course, there were only three birds in the competition. Uh, there was the 1E, the 2E, and the 3E. And, of course, the 2E won it that year uh 
And so we're not going to talk about the one e and the three e because they're losers and we don't care about them. But the two e, uh, the two e is uh, of course a beautiful bird, uh, really crisps up nicely in a deep fryer. Uh, you get a tui, you just add some a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, don't need too much, put it in a put it in a crisper, and mwah, oh, just really succulent. You don't want to overcook it, but you don't want to undercook it. There's like, you know, uh, about 200 degrees Celsius uh, for about half an hour, right? You, it, you don't want to overcook it too much. Uh, undercooking it, of course, can be dangerous, but that's just any bird. You want to make sure your bird is cooked all the way through nicely. But the tui, mm, gorgeous, absolutely really nice. Not something you'd have for a Sunday roast, but yeah, you know, if, if like for a date night, that's you want. You want to. You, you're interested in somebody. You're like, oh yeah, mate, we're heading it off. You want to come back to my place? Uh, you know, I'll put on a tui. I'll, 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 you know, a few veggies with it. Some candlelit dinner, a bit of jazz in the background. You know, the the perfect romantic evening. So that's that's your tui, right? That's what people back then were looking for. That's what they were appreciating in a bird in, in 2005. No, 2006, big year. The tui had won it. Everyone's just like, you look, you only put three birds in. Why don't we open this up to, like, all New Zealand birds? And... And the government was like, well, that's actually a really, really good idea. But we thought we wanted to, you know, everybody knows the 1E, the 2E, and the 3E. We wanted to actually be, you know, New Zealand birds in general. That's kind of what people were were talking about. And the 2E just happened to win it. But 2006, like, that's when they actually opened it up to all sorts of different New Zealand birds. And, uh, of course, of course, the, the fantail one. People would say, like, it was the fan favorite tail. As in, like, that was the bird that they were kind of petitioning them to open up the competition in order to allow in, was was the fantail. And, and of course, the fantail, very small bird. Not not very big. And not a lot of meat on, on a fantail. Um, but that's the, the great thing about them. You get, like, just a handful of fantails and, you know, a bit of a bit of crumb, a, just a light coating of crumb. You know, you, f- you put them in a little bit of oil and, until they're cooked... Uh, a few herbs and spices, and mwah, you can just like eat them like like fantail popcorn, just just gorgeous, like really good for a snack. Put on a movie, you know. Put some um, you put some fantail on. Uh, put on a good New Zealand classic New Zealand film, uh, you know. Goodbye pork pie, uh, or or the like. Once were warriors, something like that. Put some fantail out. Get put the fantail in a bowl. Everybody comes round. A few beers, some fantail. As I said, fan favorites tail. You will you will make fans if you serve fantail at your next event. Uh, you know, get people around us. As I said, just a few herbs and spices, a, a lovely even coating crumb around it, hot pan, a little bit of oil, fry it up. Mm, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you gotta you gotta love it. Two thousand seven, bit of a controversial year. Uh, where uh, they only opened it up uh, to birds of color. They they thought, you know, all these other birds uh, are taking it out, uh, but what about really celebrating the colorful birds of, of New Zealand? And there was kind of a protest vote from people who were, like, really sad and dour, like, we don't want things to be colorful. It's 2007. This is the worst life is ever going to be. We cannot imagine... Anything worse than the year 2007, it's going to go down in history. It's one of the worst years in history is 2007, which is why, of course, the Grey Warbler, just one of the birds with the most depressing name. People are just looking like, I'm I'm depressed. It's 2007. Life sucks. Grey Warbler all of the way. Uh, and as such, it actually is quite a foul meat. Uh, it's very bland. Almost like, imagine tofu, but you take the taste out of it. Like you think, oh, oh, I want something that's tasteless, like tofu, but even blander. And that's the grey warbler. And and the funny thing about the grey warbler, right? You might have noticed, hey, waffles, you're being a bit unfair. All the other birds, you you know, cook them in recipes with all these you know different flavour enhancements. Uh, but that's the thing about the grey warbler is no matter what you throw at it, uh, you could you could. Yeah, you know, 
as much salt, as much pepper, as much flavoring as as you want. It doesn't matter what you do with it. The gray warbler will always taste bland. It's it's a phenomenon that science doesn't quite yet understand. Somehow it just absorbs all of the flavor and then sends it to another dimension. It's never coming back. Uh, I've only tried gray warbler once in my life and never again. I, I lost my sense of taste for a month. That was about uh, back in, uh, what do we mean, about 2020 when I first tried Grey Warbler. I was at a public event. They were serving Grey Warbler. I ate it. I couldn't taste it. Uh, and then I couldn't taste anything for a month. That's how bad the Grey Warbler is. Uh, so you've been warned. Grey Warbler, disgusting. Which, of course, 2008, a much better year for people. Uh, you know, we were really trying to look at the birds that were endangered. We're thinking, hey, people didn't know about New Zealand birds. Now they're like, oh, yeah, New Zealand, the country with the birds. Uh, that, of course, we are the only country that votes for birds. We don't vote for a lot of stuff, but we vote for birds, uh, which is why, uh, of course, if you look at New Zealand Parliament, full of feathers. Um, but that's beside the point. As I said, we're not a political podcast. Don't want to go there. Uh, 2008, uh, of course, the kākāpā. One, uh, it's, of course, you think of New Zealand birds, you think you think the kākāpā. Uh, you think, you know, uh, New Zealand sport? Oh, yeah, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping to see the Kākāpō play. I think the Kākāpō are really going to do well against the Wallabies this Saturday. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what the, what, the, what the sports team is. The nickname for every sports team in New Zealand is the Kākāpō. And you think it would get confusing. You would think, oh, yeah, we're going down and we're going to watch some hockey. Uh, the Kākāpō are playing. You know, uh, the women's bowls teams, they're going to be bowling up a storm. Go Kākāpō. You know, you think it would get confusing. But no, the context really is everything in that. But also, like, it's a great way of, like, supporting New Zealand sport. Like, the Bird of the Year competition, obviously one of the most popular popular competitions on the planet. Everybody wants to get behind it. And so, like, how do we bolster New Zealand's fledgling sports uh, industry? Yeah, pun intended. And, uh, and of course, you know, why not name every sports team in New Zealand after the most popular bird in New Zealand? Uh, so, of course, the kākāpō, uh, naturally adopted by every sports team in New Zealand. And I think that's great. I think it was just a, a perfect move. And so when you think New Zealand, you think New Zealand sports, you're thinking of the kākāpō. Like, there's no other bird in, that really encamp, encapsulates what it means to be, like, Aotearoa New Zealand better than the kākāpō. Like, really, I can't think of anything else. Like, when we're overseas and, and people are, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, New Zealanders, they will call themselves kākāpō. You know, hey, where are you from? Oh, you know, I'm a kākāpō from New Zealand. Uh, you know, just really, really... I don't even know why I'm explaining this to you guys. Um, so, of course, uh, 2009, a really uh, an underbird one. I'm not quite sure. I haven't heard of this bird before. I don't know um, what what this bird is. I'm just going to really just say the name and then go past it. Um, the kiwi. Kiwi one in 2009. Um, it's a really weird bird. Uh, I haven't really... Don't know much about it. Um, just must have been a fluke thing. Um, 2010. Uh, once again, going back to the, the colors... It was a bit upset that the Grey Warbler won. A lot of people were like, no, come on, these these uh, colourful birds really need another chance. And, of course, we really wanted to lean into the indigenous culture of New Zealand. And we were looking at birds uh, that were colourful, um, but also represented somewhat of the indigenous spirit. Uh, so we got the kākariki, uh, which for people who don't know, kākariki is tareo for green. And this bird is green. Uh, like you look, you look at this bird and you're like, wow, that, that's, that's green. Like that's, that's kakariki. It's like, you know how, you know, the human brain can distinguish like something like 300 different shades of green. Uh, and the kakariki like encompasses all of them. You're looking at the kakariki and you're like, this bird, this bird like really just represents in its soul the idea of kakariki. Like, there's no other... I think, like, the word kākariki sort of comes out of this bird. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, almost like this colour didn't exist. Like, nature itself saw the kākariki and was just like, no, that's that's vibin'. That's that's something that we, as as nature, want to encapsulate. Like, the idea, like, this bird is so awesome, so great, we just want to spread it, which is why, of course, uh, you see kākariki green just, like, all over the planet. Because of the kakariki, like it's such an amazing bird that, of course, nature itself wanted to emulate what this bird was doing. 
and I I think you know it's it's great. It's a delicious little bird. It's how to describe the flavor of the kakariki. It's succulent. It's juicy. It tastes fresh. Like you don't need to baste it in anything. It's it's always you can't overcook a kakariki. Like that's the thing. You could put a kakariki in an oven, leave it for a week. You bring it out, still going to be moist, still just going to be delicious and succulent. Like you don't even need to flavor it. It just tastes delicious. It it tastes like you're eating nature itself. It's there's just something special about the the kakariki that I can't quite put my finger on it, but mm, mm, it's it's delicious. It is, it's good. It's a good bird. Uh, 2011. Now, 2011 was a bit of a weird year. We were thinking of like, what, what is New Zealand as a country? What do we want the world stage to see us as, like as a kakapo? What what? What bird do we think wants to really represent us on the world stage? When people think New Zealand, yeah, they think of the kakariki, they think of the kakapo. But, like, what else do they think? What else is, like, this iconic New Zealand environment? Like, that's kind of what we're thinking in 2011, of, like, what environment are we trying to encapsulate this year? And uh, for some reason, not quite sure why, but the wetlands. And, and don't get me wrong, New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand, has some beautiful wetlands. Uh, if you're from overseas and want to visit New Zealand, mm, oh, those wetlands. They're, they're good. They're good, good wetlands. Uh, and of course, naturally, we were like, yeah, let's show off the wetlands. And what, what bird shows off the wetlands more uh, than the pukeka? Uh, as such, uh, get a bit of watercress, and a lovely fresh watercress salad. Um, the poo kicker, you, you don't want to do much with it. You just you just want to pluck it. Uh, a bit of just a in the oven, a little bit of oil, a little bit of salt and pepper. You know, you kind of the thing is, you want to sort of baste it in water that you've got from the wetlands, right? It, it is like these natural, these natural bacteria that flavor the water in the wetlands. Uh, every half hour or so, I just get a brush. You get your bit of your wetland water. You just brush it over over your poo kicker in uh, 200 degrees for a couple of hours, basting it in, in the wetlands itself. It's a lovely watercress salad on the side, and that's your Sunday roast. Like that's Growing up in New Zealand, you don't really think about it. You think, oh, it's a Sunday. I hope mum's put a poo kicker on. Uh, and it's delicious, beautiful, just amazing, gorgeous bird. 2012, we all thought the Mayans are right, the world is going to end. 2012, it was a scary time to be alive, probably one of the worst years since 2007. That you really, you were having an existential crisis every day. Is the world going to be here tomorrow? And and so, in uh, with the bit of the year competition... Of course, everyone was thinking, are we even going to do it this year? Uh, and of course, there was the the attitude that, hey, hey, if we're still alive, if we're still around, we're still doing the bird of the year. Like, what, what says New Zealand? What says New Zealand more than the bird of the year, right? And so we need a bird that's going to stand up to New Zealand resilience, stand up to uh, New Zealand's continual carry-on, she'll-be-right attitude. What what bird really says? Look, tomorrow might not exist, but we are here today, and and of course that's the New Zealand Falcon. Uh, that's right, the New Zealand Ford Falcon. Uh, it's just it's a beautiful car, uh, got some good gas mileage on it. You you just you load up the Falcon, you go to the beach, and you you live like there's no tomorrow. Because uh, in 2012 there might not have been, and and so the Ford Falcon uh, really is. Uh, the the bird of the year for 2012, and I think when I see a falcon these days, I think, mm, we survived 2012, and if we can survive 2012, we can make it through anything. Really, you know, the Ford Falcon. You when you look at a Ford Falcon, you think, yeah, New Zealand, we made it. 2012, it's just going to be better on from here. Which of course brings us to 2013. 
we we of course were celebratory we'd survived 2012 it was daunting it was harrowing but we made it through like we 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 looked at the mayans and we said you you guys got it wrong uh you you guys and and your calendar uh you got it wrong i'm sorry yeah and of course people were kind of making excuses and being like oh it was a, a metaphor or other oh, mayans have been dead for hundreds of years and oh it was just the end of a of a calendar cycle and it wasn't actually meant to represent the year 2012 but just some distant time in the future um, which we're now living through and all these sort of stuff and the historians were making these excuses and the scientists were making all these excuses and and of course all the religious people were making all these excuses ab about you know why we didn't die in 2012 but as a population we were like it doesn't matter we we stared death in the face and we survived and we wanted a bird that was celebratory that was really going to encapsulate that just hey we're here and we're alive and we we made it through uh, and of course nothing um nothing's better than the yellow head the yellow head of course the bird famously you can only eat its head uh, the rest of the body just just, you know disgusting bad just doesn't work but the yellowhead um of course we name it the yellowhead because it's so good in butter you get a yellowhead uh you get some butter on the heads you just surround it in tinfoil into a nice little ball yeah, of course you wanted a lot of them very uh yeah you know very delicate and so you want to be careful with it um but it's just this light the the butter just melts into the flesh and brings out the natural butterness in the yellowhead and just, mwah, you get a bit of toast, yellowhead on toast, just amazing. Just, yeah, like, I have it for breakfast most mornings. Uh, you know, go to the pantry, I get my yellowhead, smear it on toast, beautiful bird, great way to start the day. You know, that's, of course, uh, one of those great advertising campaigns. You know, you can't start your day without a yellowhead. And, which is why, uh, uh, you, you know, 2013 that, that yellowhead like everyone's like it's a staple but it's a staple that makes our life better and really it encapsulated that that celebratory tone of 2013 um 2014 magical year absolutely amazing year in in new zealand history of course i don't need to to tell you why uh everyone who was alive in 2014 knows why it was such a good year and as such, we were we were still, I think, really cresting that wave of just celebration from having survived 2012. And we were really wanting to encapsulate the magical spirit uh, that was really being generated by all this goodwill, all of this just communal coming togetherness and literal magic. Uh, like this was the year, I'm just going to, like screw it i'm just gonna spoil it this was the year that new zealand invented magic right we we looked at at the nature we looked at the the woodlands we looked at the wetlands we looked at the mountain we looked at the coast and we were like you know what new zealand's a magical country uh and then we started looking you, you know at how do we capture that that magic and you know there were all of the universities they all pulled together and yeah we invented magic uh you know we've got wands we've got uh, flying brooms we've got teleportation uh you know we can summon things we can unsummon things like this whole room is lit by a magical orb like right now even podcasting the fact that i'm here speaking into this rock that has you know new zealand runes like carved into it and and that i'm able to speak into the rock and it's able to capture my voice and project it out into the world in such a way that you can understand it and not only my voice but like the meaning behind my voice 2014 was the year that new zealand captured magic and of course every other country has been jealous since and other countries have attempted their own forms of magic and just really nothing, even if they are, like maybe a few sparks out of their fingers or something like that. Like maybe, maybe one other country will, will get close one of these days. But nobody, as of yet, like when I'm recording this in 2022, no other country has come anywhere close to what New Zealand can do with magic. In fact, like I think maybe 
maybe in Ethiopia. There might be something around, I, I don't know, them looking at like ancient coffee plants and the magic that is caffeine. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but really in 2014, we wanted to celebrate the fact that we discovered magic. And of course, a little secret, but of course you didn't hear it from me, right? Part of the reason why we were able to discover magic was through the fairy turn, right? A bird, that's half fairy, and we didn't know that. We didn't know that. It just used to be called the white fern, right? Up until we looked at it, and we're like, hey, hang on a second. That bird is doing literal, actual magic, right? Like transmuting lead into gold. Like the birds, they would fly into caves, and we knew that there were lead in those caves, and then we would go in after the birds, and there'd, there'd be gold in the cave. And we're like, this, this bird's up to something. And so we were looking at it, we were studying it, and we are just like, oh my god, these birds are literally magic, right? And so that's how, of course, we're not going to give away all the secrets, because it's not just the, the fairy tale, right? There's a whole bunch more stuff that goes into New Zealand magic. But, but the fairy tale really was that turning point, pun intended, that put us over the line, right? And so, which is why, of course, 2014, the fairy turn. And of course, as such, you can't eat the fairy turn, right? It's illegal to eat a, eat a fairy turn. Like, well, we're not quite sure. Like, they made it illeg Ill illegal because they don't want people trying, but every time somebody would try to eat a fairy turn, something would happen to them, right? And so it's kind of dangerous. Even, even thinking about wanting to eat a fairy turn is bad. Right, and so you just put it out of your mind. Every every school child in New Zealand is taught, "Hey, look, we've got all these other birds you can eat." Right, but the fairy turn, you don't even you don't even want to think about eating the fairy turn. It's you know you think the grey warbler is bad, the fairy turn even worse. Right, don't even think about eating the fairy turn. And so of course, it's just weird because you think of all the other birds, mm, delicious. Maybe some of them, you know, there's a there's a scale, but the fairy turn, you don't even want to think about it. Like it's just it's it's not food. Right, you think about it in terms of like, would you, you know, would you eat a, a, a McDonald's chicken nugget? No, it's not food, and so of course you're not going to eat a fairy tale, right? And so I think that's enough about that. Uh, 2015, 2015, um, a middling year, not as good as previous years, not as bad as previous years, just a year that existed. It was, weirdly enough, uh, that New Zealand did get definitive proof of the existence of a divine deity, um, but we just discovered magic the year before, and and so this was kind of swept under the, the radar, but, you know, it, it was a thing, and so people were like, well, this is a very middling year, you know, there was that news story uh, about that guy... Uh, that did the research and mathematically came up with a formula of the existence of a deity. Um, and, of course, the guy was drunk off his ass at the time. And and so we sort of wanted a bird. Like, what's a, what's a bird that, you know, encapsulates being drunk, but also the mathematical existence of a deity? Uh, and, of course, the closest... The closest that we could get to uh, was the bar-tailed godwit, uh, of course, uh, otherwise known as the uh, beer batter godwit. And it's good. It's like it's one of those pub staples. You go, you get a bucket of chips, uh, you, you get a uh, you get a couple of godwits. You know, they're, they're good. They're good with like a, a Steinlager or, or, or a Spates or, you know, a bit of Lion Red or something like that. You know, they're just one of those good staple pub birds. Go to the pub with your mates, put on the game, watch the Kakapos play, and, uh, you know, and you eat some Godwits. And, like, it's not a bad bird. I, I think it's, it's one of those underrated birds that you don't really think about. Um, but in 2015, we were thinking about it, and we were really appreciating, like, you know what, the Godwit's good. We like the Godwit. It's just, it's good food. It's good food, the Godwit, and I, and I think we really, you know, it's, I can't really say a lot about it, but, you know, we, you, you might even be listening this to this on the way to the pub to catch some mates, to watch the Kakapos play, and to eat a Godwit, because it's kind of a bit of a tradition in New Zealand to do. And, uh, and yeah, 2015. It was a year. 
it it, it was a year. It existed. It was good. Um, twenty sixteen. A lot of stuff was happening in twenty sixteen, and it was a fierce competition, really fierce in in the Bird of the Year uh, awards. We were really looking at like the physicality of the birds. And we were thinking, what if, what if we put all of the birds that are up for contention this year, all the birds that have been nominated, right? What if we put them into a cage match and the last bird surviving wins? And I think this was not a bird that I think anybody really had a lot of attention on. Um, It was a bird that I think was just there to fill in numbers. But surprisingly enough, it just had the right strategy and the right physicality and of course just that right amount of luck that the kokaku came on top surprisingly when they opened that cage and there was all the feathers and blood and beaks and everything like that and there was only one one bird still singing and that was the kokaku and we really were like wow we've really been underestimating this bird the kokaku and 2016 surprised us all Really, it just came out of nowhere. The Kokoko just took it out. And of course, you've got to appreciate that. You've got to appreciate the little bird that tried. Now, Kokoko, it's... You want a slow roast of Kokoko. Um, get your slow cooker. Really good in a broth or a stew. Right, Kokoko, good stewing bird. Uh, carrots, potato, bit of kumra, uh, bit of taro. Put it in the slow cooker in the morning. Bit of stock bit of flavoring, just whatever, you, you can, can't really go wrong, just whatever you like to eat, you throw it all in, slow cook it throughout the day, get a couple of crusty bread rolls, and you got a beautiful kokako stew, just those cold winter nights, mm, it's just a good, wholesome, fill you up bird, uh, the kokako, which is why I think it was like quite underrated. People were like, oh, that's just the that's the stewing bird, and stewing birds I think don't get a lot of good press. They don't really get a lot of you know the, it's the, the cheap meat at the stew at the supermarket. You think, oh, we're a bit light this week, or just pick up a kokako. And um, but no, it just surprised us. I think you still talk about twenty sixteen with people, and they're like, mm, that's the kokako year. You know, it'll it'll be one of those years that does go down in history as a surprising year. 2017 we were looking like what is New Zealand as a modern country right birds have existed in New Zealand for hundreds of thousands of years but what is a bird that encapsulates modern New Zealand and and of course that bird is the kia it is uh, the Suzuki kia it's just one of those good reliable family cars uh, that'll get you from A to Z It'll, it'll get you you know, get you to work, get you to the mall, you know, you can drive your kids in it, it's a safe car, it's a reliable car. The Suzuki Kia, it's a modern car for a modern New Zealand. And and that was its sort of slogan going into it, that, you know, when you're voting for the bird of the year, you kind of want something that, is it like the modernness of it, and modern isn't always flashy. Right, I think a lot of people were looking at modern as like really pushing the boundary, but really, I think what we were thinking in 2017, voting for the Kia, was like, what is something that actually allows us to exist as a modern society? What is something that we couldn't be modern without? And that's where the Kia came in. And I think that's where people were like, you know what, the Kia, if we got rid of all the Kias in New Zealand, we would be a very, very different country, and I think we would be worse off because of it. And so, naturally, the Kia, um, the Suzuki Kia, was was really recognized that year as allowing New Zealand to be the modern, forward-thinking, progressive country that we are. And 2017, we recognized that. It was all about modernization and what does it mean to be a modern country. And, and we recognized the Kia that year. 2018, um, we'd just been modern the year before, but we were still wanting to hold on to those ancient ancestral roots we were thinking yeah you know yeah we can be this progressive modern country but what does it mean you know but what what does it mean to be progressive and to be forward thinking and to be driving into the future if we don't acknowledge where we've been if we don't acknowledge that the culture that we've built as a country that you know if we're just going to go into the future in any old direction you know 
what's what's it all for? We we got to be thinking where we're going as a country by what do we want to bring from the past? What do we want to bring from our culture, from our history, from our ancestry that defines us as a country? What what goes into our ethics and morality? Our our sense of personality as a country, you know, and so we were looking through the history of New Zealand and like, what's a bird, what's a bird that really encapsulates that? What's a bird that, when you think New Zealand culture, what's the bird that personifies that? And in 2018, it was the kereru, the wood pigeon. New Zealand, we're a country that has a lot of wood. We're a very wooden country, uh, a lot of trees, lots of trees in New Zealand. And when we look into the trees, we think, what bird in New Zealand lives in trees? The kereru, right? And so as a country, you know, we wanted to go into the future as a country, but also like we want to recognize where New Zealand's been in the past. And we made a lot of stuff out of wood in the past. And we were thinking that as a country, like what, what's, what do you need to know about New Zealand history? In one word, it's wood. And what bird really represents the wood of New Zealand? It's the kereru. Uh, kereru, quite a fatty bird. Uh, so you want to maybe um, use an air fryer or a rotisserie just really to get rid of some of that fat. Otherwise, the fat, I think, is going to overwhelm. But keep that fat and cook some chips in it. Mm, kereru chips, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, a good... Kereru is one of those birds that when you are out in the bush, uh, when you're out hunting, uh, when you're out camping, uh, catch yourself a kereru, put it on a steak, over a fire, a bit of a slow roast. As it's, you can make, see, that's the thing, right? Get a bit of tinfoil, put it under the kereru. You catch, you catch the fat, you get a potato, you wrap the tinfoil around that potato and you put it in the embers of the fire while the kereru is cooking on top of it. Mmm, mmm, that's what we call bush tucker. Gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I think 2018, the Kereru, you know, a well-deserved win. 2019, we were thinking, wait, New Zealand's an island country. We should do something with that. We should do something with the fact that New Zealand is surrounded by water. What, do we have any water birds? What, what birds in New Zealand can survive when we throw them in the water? And so that's what we did. We got a whole bunch of birds, all the birds that were the contender for that year, and we tried to throw them in the ocean. A lot of them uh, would just fly away, and we're thinking, well, if they're afraid of the water, we'll just eliminate them, right? Uh, some of the flightless birds landed in the water, and they didn't do so well. They they drowned. Um, very sad to say, it was the past. It was 2019, you know, and it you know it was a different time back then. You know, we had different attitudes, but the one bird, uh, well, I should say the first bird that we got to, because there are a few birds that could have done quite well in the water, but the first one that we came across uh, that did exceptionally well in the water uh, was the yellow-eyed penguin. And we thought, um, you know, the fact this thing has yellow eyes, you know, the water is blue. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people have put a lot of faith in the yellow-eyed penguin to actually do that well in the water. Uh, you know, the blue-eyed penguin. Little, little little blue penguin. We thought like that's when we get to that one, that's going to show them all. So a lot of people really putting a lot of weight behind the you know little blue blue eyed penguin, but the yellow eye, the yellow eye really showed us like actually, you know, I got my yellow eyes, but they're focused on the on the sea, you know, uh, and so when it started swimming, but not only swimming, like it got a bit of driftwood, and it started surfing, you know, and when you've seen seen a little yellow penguin hang 10 like that brought us together as a country like as a country we were blown away by this little bird and thinking wow wow this bird belongs in the water you know more than any other bird in new zealand like the yellow eye we took all the yellow eye if you see a yellow eye right and it's now tradition in new zealand if you see a yellow eye you just get that thing you pick it up you huck it into the water as fast as you can and as far as you can and it'll have a great time. It'll swim back up to you. It'll, you know, nuzzle up against your leg and, you know, do a little little cheap that it does. Uh, and you throw it back into the water and it it lives for the water. It loves the water. It can't survive all the time in the water. It's got a nest sometime. 
Um, but we think if there's any bird that has, you know, evolutionarily potential to start living back in the water and becoming a fully aquatic bird, our money's on the yellow wire. In fact, there are, of course, uh, just between you and me, right, there are a couple of scientists currently in, in New Zealand laboratories that are looking to in, genetically engineer a fully aquatic yellow-eyed penguin. We're looking at, like, how to, how, does, how could it give live birth to viable aquatic children? Uh, I don't think they're that close yet, but there's only been a couple of years with the research, but they're, they're looking into it. We might, as a country, genetically engineer the first fully aquatic bird. Right, so there's exciting stuff. That's pretty. You've heard of flying fish, right? Flying fish or a thing. Swimming birds, right? That's that's going to be New Zealand's next big innovation. Swimming birds. Just you watch, just watch the space. Like you didn't you didn't hear it from me, right? Right, but swimming birds, right? Uh, of course, a lot of other people will think like yellowy penguins. When they hear the yellowy penguin, they I think they kind of overlook it a bit because it's one of those staple you can't be bothered cooking you go down to the local corner shop and you just get yellow iron chips right uh, it's one of those things they just get a couple of yellow eye fillets you know put them in batter fry them a couple of chips it's not the nicest food on the planet but if you've had a hard day at work yeah you know you can't be bothered cooking and you can't afford to get you know fancier takeout you go down to the local chippy, you know, as, as a lot of people, like, there's a thing, like, with, with the New Zealand accent, right, uh, we're often ac accused, like, because it's yellow-eye penguin and chips, right, but people think that we say it, oh, you know, yellow-eye and chops, yellow-eye and chops, and, you know, you, you go overseas, and like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a New Zealander, um, you know, you're, a, you're one of those kakapo, ah, oh, Oh, do you say, say, say yellow iron chops for us? Say yellow iron chops. And you say yellow iron chips. And they, you know, because it's, because they kind of run it all together. It's not yellow, yellow eye. It's yellow eye, yellow eye. And so, of course, they naturally think that New Zealanders say yellow eye. And maybe some of us do uh, when we're a bit lazy, but it's yellow eyed and chips. Uh, you know, one of those just staple, it's not healthy for us. We know it's all fatty and greasy and whatever but you know it's just one of those things 2020 uh this is when of course new zealand won every olympic medal that was on offer that year in 2020 when the olympics were held in 2020 new zealand won every medal and so we thought we got to go back we got to honor our all of our sports stars kakapo right i know it had won again but new zealanders just keep winning Right, and so we thought we've got to acknowledge this. Kakapo, once again, right? 2020. Very good year for New Zealand. We all remember 2020. We all remember what we were doing in 2020. We were watching the Olympics, and we were watching the Kakapo take out every medal that was on offer. In 2020, was won by the Kakapo. Right? And so we've got to acknowledge that. We've got to acknowledge that. Right? And so, naturally, it's the only bird... To have won two times, but it was well deserved, right? A lot of people were like, you know, you can't have the same bird win, but it's like, look, they won every medal, you know. And so there was, I think there was a few people grumbling for that, but the vast majority of people were happy, were happy that we acknowledged, you know, sporting New Zealand victory in 2020 with the Kakawa. Which, of course, brings us to the controversy that was 2021, right? There is the other big competition. In New Zealand. That, of course, I've been skirting around, right? I've been skirting around the issue the entire episode. You might have noticed that there were, like, this absence of, like, oh, why isn't Waffles talking about the Bat of the Year competition? The other big winner, right? And then when you think of New Zealand, you think of the Bird of the Year. But the Bat of the Year goes all the way back to 1881, right? It's been going that long. Bird of the Year New Zealand only goes back to 2005, the bat of the year, 1881, right? Of course, New Zealand is teeming, full of bats. But then, they did the genetics on those bats and discovered that actually, when we thought that we had millions of bat species living in New Zealand, there were only two. 
And we were blown away. We were like, what? You know, everyone in New Zealand had a bat named after him. It was, it was that crazy how many bat species we thought we had in New Zealand. And we kind of became the laughing stock of the planet for a little bit. And we're thinking, look, we, we continued this bat of the competition since 1881. We can't, we can't get rid of it, but also we can't run just two bats. It would de- tarnish and diminish what it means to be voting for the bat of the year. And so quietly behind doors, the two competitions were chatting and like, what if we combined the two? And of course, some people saw that the New Zealand short-tailed bat, uh, the, the, the picker picker, was up for running and people just naturally assumed that they were voting in the bat of the year competition. And, you know, and so they voted and then the long-tailed bat won the bird of the year. And people were looking at it and were like, Hank, Hank, what? no, wait, I thought we were voting on the bat. Wait. But the bats were in the birds because they both had wings. And it, there was a lot of confusion. Um, a lot of people were talking about, like, we thought we were voting on the bat, but, you know, what about the birds? Actually, the two competitions had become one competition, and... You know, it is what it is. The long-tailed bat won the bird of the year. And so naturally, of course, I did most other bird of the year winners, except for, of course, the ones that I didn't. And so I thought, naturally, I'm going to go down, go down to local shops. I'm going to buy a long-tailed bat. I'm going to cook it up. And I'm going to see how it tastes. And so that's what I did today. Today was the first day I'd ever eaten bat. And never again. It's rubbery. It's it's chewy, it's very grisly, not nice, uh, don't eat bats. Um, they're also very small, not a lot of meat on them, but also the, you know, they don't sell them in multi-packs, like they're, they're pricey, they're like, apparently one of those, you know, upper class fancier meats, but I, I honestly don't see what the aristocracy see in it, like really I don't, it's not not good. Maybe I cooked it wrong. Maybe because, you know, I'll naturally, everyone in New Zealand knows how to cook a bird. When less familiar with cooking bats, I uh, go to a restaurant. Maybe, maybe if I'm in a restaurant and I'm feeling a bit adventurous, I might try bat one year. Um, but at this stage, I'm a bit dissuaded. Like if I go to a place and everyone's like, look, you got to try the bats at this place. Maybe, maybe, but from my own experience, they don't actually seem all that nice, which is why this year's competition, I'm going to put forward my name, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to put forward my opinion, and say that this year we should be looking at flavor. We should be looking at the edibility of the bird. We should be looking at what bird, uh, you know, what bird do I want to eat the most? That's what I think 2022 that's what we should be thinking. What bird gets my mouth watering? What bird, you know, am I just going to, you know, be like, yum, yum, yes, please. And so that's why my recommendation for the 2020-22 Bird of the Year competition is the chicken, right? And some people are going to be like, waffles, 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 right? Chickens aren't even endemic to New Zealand. They're not native. I thought this is all about the native bird, but when you actually look at the numbers, there are more chickens in New Zealand than any other bird, right? And I think, like, that's got to count for something. Like, we have a million chickens to per person in New Zealand. Like, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that, right? Teagle, the chicken company, they're so big, right? That some, and you're like, where do you got the room for them? There's a bit of controversy around that. Or like, where do they have the room for all those chickens? Look into it, right? But, 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 right? That, that being said, right, a million chickens per person in New Zealand, like, that's got to count for something, right? And they're good eating, right? You go down, there's a million chicken restaurants, and people are going to say, look, I'm a bit biased, because yes, I am paid off by big chicken and waffle, right? You think chicken and waffles, I'm waffles, it's chicken, you think it just goes together, and it does, and i, I got to admit that, right? i got to put my biases on the table. Chicken and waffles just go together like chicken and waffles. It's why that phrase is there. You're like, oh, you know, they get along together like chicken and waffles. I like my chicken. 
I'm going to vote for my chicken this year. I'm going to, it's going to be like, they haven't been put on the ballot. I petitioned the government. I said, look, 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 look. You, the New Zealand government, who hold the bird of the year competition, right? I want the chicken on the ballot. I got a petition. I got 10,000 people to sign the petition. Here's the petition. They even didn't, they didn't put it on the ballot. They still haven't put it on the ballot, which is annoying, right? It's frustrating. So I'm going to put in a write-in vote, right? When I'm on the website and I'm voting, I go to www.birdoftheyear.com, right? I'm going to write in chicken you cowards right for all like you get five votes it's all ranked proportional voting right yeah we all know the voting system it's the best in the world it's the most secure in the world never been any controversy around you know illegal votes in the new zealand bird of the year competition it's one of the most secure voting on the planet like really groundbreaking but i'm gonna write in right it's gonna be a write-in vote comments you know that sort of stuff chickens you cowards all five all five votes are going to go to chicken you cowards right i want chicken you cowards to be the bird of new zealand right 2022 chickens that you heard it here first right now this is of course my annual bird of the year episode feel free go and listen to the all the rest of the episodes about new zealand wildlife uh of course this is the uh, you know, podcast all about New Zealand wildlife, Whamtats. My name has been Waffles. Thank you for listening. Uh, get out there, do your research. Look, you don't have to vote chicken. It's kind of a bit of a thing. Um, I know I'm sensitive about it, but you know, vote, vote your heart. What birds do you think really encapsulates New Zealandness? Uh, and and just vote that way but really recognize this vote is important and this vote as uh, i'm hoping that i've really outlined the history of all of the winners right they do mean something right they do they do go down in history and and they do influence how the country is feeling they do influence how the what what direction the the country's going to go in the future so the vote does matter so this is an important vote to so go out and and vote your heart out Right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna vote now, uh, and I encourage you to do the same. Uh, so I've been Waffles, and you've been listening to Wacky. I love you all. Goodbye. Pew, pew. Pew, pew.